Hello and welcome to the Pensions Expert podcast. I'm Angus Peters, Associate Editor. Today we're going to be talking about the Pension Protection Fund, which has recently published its annual accounts. At the time of its inception, some doubted whether the lifeboat for defined benefit schemes would be able to cope with the liabilities thrust on it by large corporate insolvencies. But its latest annual report reveals a surplus of 122%, with a 91% probability of meeting its funding target. It hasn't all been plain sailing, though, with the PPF having to take on a whopping $1.2 billion in scheme deficits last year. With me to discuss the stability and future of the fund is Chief Financial Officer Andy McKinnon. Andy, welcome. The headline figures this year make for pleasing reading in some respects, with that increase in funding level by just over a percentage point. But the probability of being self-sufficient by 2030 has dropped slightly. Why has that happened, and are you at all concerned? Well, thank you, Angus. I mean, firstly, as you've said, the Pension Protection Fund is in a healthy financial position, and the report and accounts for 1718 that we've just published do confirm that. The fund is growing. We now have 30 billion of assets under management, and that's an increase of 1.2 billion pounds over just the last year. As you say, um, since the PPF was set up in in 2005, uh, we have taken on 940 schemes, um, and we've paid out over. 3.7 3.7 billion in compensation. So I think those figures do uh, support the observation that uh, we have been uh, successful in what we were uh, originally set out to do. And that funding ratio uh, that you quoted up to 122.8% at March 2018 uh, is an increase from last year. Um, it's a result of good investment performance. And it does come uh, at the end of a year in which we have had, you quoted the figure 1.2 billion, that is the largest uh, uh, financial value of claims that the PPF has has taken on in, in any year since it was set up. So I think it's um, it's very uh, pleasing to be able to, to report an increasing surplus uh, having taken on that level of claims. As you say, the probability of success, which is our long-term measure um, in our progress towards our probability of being sufficiently funded and, and as we've described it, self-sufficient by 2030 um, is above the target we've set ourselves. So we expected to be about 86 percent at the end of uh, the year that's just gone. Um, As you say, the figure is uh, uh, 91 percent. So whilst that is a a small reduction year on year, um, the the things that have um, caused that change are um, changes in, um, for example, the the, the way that we've modelled in insolvency and and some improvements in the way that we've uh, projected interest rates. And uh, so, no, that doesn't really cause me any concern at all because there isn't really anything in there that um, is kind of driven by a major change in the environment in which we operate. We continue to operate in an environment of risk, um, but I think it's well within the parameters we expect to be. Okay. Now, we know that uh, the PPF's funding situation is slightly affected by the volume of liabilities that it has to take on within any given year. Um, DB funding levels are generally improving, but in a mature business cycle, the health of sponsors could deteriorate over the next few years. With that in mind, would you like to see the pensions regulator focus on getting more cash in earlier to DB schemes, perhaps by cracking down on the longer of the recovery plans that we see out there? Um, Yes, um, there has been a lot of discussion around recovery plans. um, And of course, uh, we would uh, always welcome anything that can be done to improve the contributions that are made from scheme uh, 
sponsors, in particular where we believe sponsoring companies are themselves in a strong enough financial position that um, that they can afford to do that. Um, we have uh, talked about um, a proposal to comply or, or explain, which uh, is the idea that scheme sponsors would be set some kind of level of uh, of reasonable recovery periods and and uh, then be asked to explain perhaps through their annual report on you know whether or not they're able to meet uh, a particular target i i think we've talked quite a lot around 10 years as being a sensible target i don't think there's anything magical about that i think the i, I guess the whole point of having a, a scheme specific regime which is uh, what the regulator tries to operate um, is is to try and recognise that uh, for some schemes it, there may be reasons why longer periods are are acceptable. Equally, in some cases, I think ten years does feel a long time um, to recover a deficit, particularly where you're, you're you're dependent on the sponsoring company's ongoing financial strength. Mm. We've seen that about one in five of the schemes in our universe has a recovery plan length longer than ten years. And in particular, if you looked at the schemes, uh, employers that are in our strongest levy band, so the schemes that we think are most financially strong, or the parent companies are the most financially strong, that figure is about the same. So that doesn't seem to indicate that the most well-funded employers are indeed making the most progress. Um, equally, uh, if you look to the other end of the spectrum, in our weakest levy bands, around 225 schemes there, that's about 30% have, have longer recovery plans. And uh, I think that does demonstrate that there is some evidence that, that schemes with weaker sponsors are taking longer. So I think uh, it, it's right that the regulator takes a view uh, as to what's a, what was appropriate for a particular scheme. Um, but we are particularly keen that uh, uh, at the end of the day, those employers who can afford to repair deficits more quickly do so. Right. OK. The PPF has been involved in a number of restructurings over the year and appears to have taken a fairly tough stance. You might recall the company voluntary arrangement involving Toys R Us. Can we expect to see more of that tough stance? And what should companies know about the PPF's priorities in these situations? Well, there certainly has been a recent uptick in uh, activity in retailers in particular, citing high property costs. And and that's the background to the use of uh, CVAs as a a method of restructuring, if you like. Um, CVAs are a form of insolvency. um, So we would expect them only to be used as a a last resort for restructuring struggling companies. and for our part, um, if there's a pension deficit involved, uh, then uh, we will take on creditor rights f- for the scheme and uh, and we'll vote on the CVA. Now, when we do that, we will always aim to ensure that there is no detriment to the scheme that comes from the CVA proposal. Um, if you like, uh, you know, if, if there's then a subsequent uh, insolvency at some point in the future. I think industry generally is, is uh, our pr- published principles are, are well understood. Um, we have recently updated those, um, so there is a bit more information on, on the current guidelines available on our website uh, that does give a, a little bit more information. Um, but really, uh, you know, our role is to make sure that the schemes are, are protected. And we have seen some instances in the past um, of, for example, BHS, Austin Reed, Toys R Us might be examples of where... Um, uh, there has ultimately been an insolvency following a, a CVA. Um, equally more recently, I think uh, you've heard of mother care, carpet right, CVAs being approved by creditors, um, and uh, we're expecting those schemes to be rescued, um, and that's great. So, you know, in general, we're not going to, uh, we, we don't oppose CVAs. 
and uh, in cases where they have been successfully used they've preserved business value and uh, if that enables uh, employees of companies to remain in employment and companies to continue trading and there is no detriment to the scheme um, then that's great and we would we would fully support that and, and Toys R Us is probably a case in point of where um, unfortunately the, there was ultimately an insolvency after a relatively short period of time um, that is terribly sad for uh, all the people who work there um, but at least we were able to achieve a better outcome for the pension scheme than if insolvency had ensued at the point of the original CBA. Absolutely. Now, absorbing large companies' deficits is one thing, but absorbing a commercial defined benefit consolidator could have an even bigger impact on the PPF's funding level. In evidence to the Work and Pensions Committee, your chief executive, Oliver Morley, said he might expect super funds to give some of the guarantees involved in a buyout. Are you able to give any more detail on what you'd like to see, given that the PPF is ultimately on the hook if these consolidators go wrong? Sure. I mean, firstly, could I say that we do fully see the case for consolidation. Um, what we've seen from the vehicles that have begun to emerge uh, recently, that uh, they do seem to be targeted at, at better funded schemes. So if you like, I think I think well-run consolidation vehicles could certainly uh, help reduce risk to the PPF, although the, uh, we think what we've seen so far um, is probably focused more on the schemes that are least likely to come to us. So, as you say, depending on the structure, um, they could potentially concentrate risk and uh, it would be a failure of the investment strategy of the fund, uh, which causes them to come to the PPF rather than the insolvency of uh, a sponsoring employer. So um, I think risks are very different. Now, obviously, within the current legislation, um, if those funds are launched and they comply with the current rules, uh, then that that is uh, the way the legislation is set up. And um, I think we do think there is a strong case for the legislative and regulatory regime to be reviewed in the light of, of those those new structures. I think it's very much the case that the, the regime that's currently in place uh, was designed for a for a a slightly different world we've taken steps to adapt to that uh we have developed a a new levy formula for for schemes that don't have substantive sponsors and that that would be applied for example in the the case of the new british home the bhs scheme um but i think we have a a little bit more work to do to continue to adapt and evolve as uh, new types of schemes emerge Fantastic. Thank you for that, Andy. That's all we've got time for now. But for more on this topic and many other issues affecting workplace pensions, you can go to our website, and that's pensions-expert.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.